you have heard me say, talk about from time to time, my seventh graders that I used to teach in North Carolina for catechism before I came to the Marian Fathers. And they got very uh, creative. They, they tricked me a couple times. You heard me tell the story, but I was tricked with the Adam and Eve joke. Well, they also got me with one about Peter. And <clears throat> they said, you know, uh, Chris, at that time I was not Father Chris, you know that they found some writings of St. Peter, and he actually wrote that Jesus made one mistake. He did everything perfect. He did everything with absolute, without fault or error, but he made one mistake. Peter said, he healed my mother-in-law. <laughs> and so I, I laughed because the kids became very creative in their faith. And we hear today's story about Peter's mother-in-law and the healing, but it more, it's more than what you see on the surface. All right, now, here's what's fascinating that I learned in seminary, and that is you gotta go to the original Greek. That's why in seminary, uh, only Catholic seminarians, no other faiths, study philosophy, which is the study of man, and then theology, the study of God. You gotta know them both. But we also study the ancient languages, Greek, Hebrew, Latin. Now, in the original Greek of Mark's gospel, the word translated here for he helped her up, so Jesus helped her up, is actually the same word that Mark uses in the resurrection later in chapter 16. Right now, we are in chapter 1. Now, if Jesus raised her up, this isn't just a story about a miraculous healing. This is fascinating. Rather, Mark is pointing ahead to the resurrection of Christ the head and then us, the body. Now, this woman had been saved basically. Now, let's go back up actually um, to the first reading because in the original Greek, it says this woman was very ill, Peter's mother. It was not just a fever but she was gravely ill, probably on the point of death. And now this woman's been saved from this death. Think of Job. Brother Alex just wrote, read about Job in the first reading. That, you know, only the Catholic Church ties. You know, we always talk about we're not scriptural. We always hear this. It's amazing when you come to Mass, the tie between the, the, the readings, uh, the first reading, even the responsorial psalm, the second reading in the Gospel. Did you hear that? Did you hear the connection? I'm just sitting over there in my chair, amazed at the connection that the wisdom of the church brings in the connection of the readings that are selected for each mass. Now, think of Job. That was the first reading, right? And um, basically, he was brought into a new form of life uh, that he recognized his sufferings and trusted in God. Now, we have this woman, Peter's mother-in-law, um, that brought a form of life that now is defined by her service. So what did it say? She got up and she served them. All right, Jesus and others. It says them. Now, even here, the word that Mark uses is the same that Jesus uses when he says the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. This is later in Matthew 10. So Mark is already beginning to hint 
at the power of the resurrection. This is fascinating. Now, I'm just sharing with you what I learned in my seminary scripture class. And you know, at the time I was saving all my notes and I was like, why am I saving these notes, Lord? You know, why am I, why am I doing all this? I, I did, I, you know, every time I move, the Marians always get on us that you're only supposed to have just basically a couple pairs of pants and clothes and, and, and nothing else. You're really not supposed to carry anything. But I, for some reason, I just always kept my seminary notes. And, and now I, I, I know why, because I would, you, know, you forget all this at time if you don't talk about it. But anyway, Mark here is pointing to the power of the resurrection and the renewal of all creation that Jesus will offer us through his resurrection. Basically, we will be renewed. This is what happened to Peter's mother-in-law. So the message here that I think we should take is that reflect on times when we experience suffering, like Job in the first reading, all right? Uh, suffering and sorrow, that, like Job had, illness, depression, addiction, loneliness, and then recognize God's power to lift us out of that darkness if we let him. The challenge for us is to show our gratitude to God when he's willing to lift us up, uh, that we receive his love, and that we then put it into service. God sometimes doesn't lift us out of the darkness if we're not going to do anything with it. I always think about wasted grace. I beg God every day that if I wasted any grace, please don't stop giving me the grace because I need it. And I think of all the graces that we waste during the day. That's why we do examination of conscience. We go through our prayer. I've done some talks before on how to pray. And one of the most important forms of prayer is your examination of conscience, where you go through your day, you, you walk through your day, and you realize where, where you, you responded to God's grace and where you did not. And, and many times I realize, gosh, I didn't respond to God's grace here. Lord, please don't take this grace away. This is why we're seeing the faith move to Africa and Asia rather than Europe, because Europe has just lost that faith, and it came to America. America, we were strong in our faith. Now we're losing our faith. We're redefining it. Don't, please, Lord, don't take it away. And he has. He's starting to take it away. It's, it's now in Asia and Africa. And, and remember, the gospel must be spread to all four corners of the world before Christ comes again. This may be what's happening. And so the challenge is for us is to respond to that grace and to serve those around us, just like Peter's mother-in-law. What an amazing connection. So Jesus now here is doing, okay, Jesus just did a public miracle right before this, right, in the synagogue. Now he's doing something in private. It shows he's not just performing for the crowds. He is much more. Um, you know, many, many people put on a public face and then at home, they're really, I read that about some movie stars. Like, you know, in front of the camera, they were perfect. But in their home life, you read from their families, they were monsters. And so we have to know this. Um, you know, Jesus' power over evil is not just spiritual. We think of that. His healing of Peter's mother-in-law shows he has authority over the physical, too. Right? Um, you know, that's why you got to trust, like, things of COVID. You hear all these warnings that they're developing another worse strand of COVID. 
And, you know, like I said, they're going to have to put me in jail to close, if they want to close us down, because I'm not going to. I'm going to trust. You know, we need the sacraments. We need the sacraments more than we need a vaccine. We need God's grace. And so when we do that, we trust God showing that. He's in control. So Jesus doesn't proclaim this as something new. This is just reinforcing what he's always shown us. And another note, Jesus doesn't proclaim who he is. He lets his actions speak. That's another thing we have to learn. Um, he healed on the Sabbath when that was a violation of the Old Testament law. He shows that, that prayer is greater and human need is greater than the set law. And, and, and this is the same thing with COVID and others. No, the law says you can't do this. What about human need? All right, I point to the suicides. I, you all know that, that I have a personal heart in the suicide ministry. What happened was devastating. Absolutely, we have to be prudent when COVID came. There's no doubt about that. I'm not arguing that. But what happened is many places closed down their mental health clinics in fear of the flu. Do you know that suicide rates in many accounts, and they're not even publishing these, I'm finding them out from PhD, two PhD ladies who, who I wrote, worked with on my book on suicide, and they're not even publishing these numbers. Suicide rates doubled, in some places tripled. Suicide calls to suicide hotlines went up 600% because we isolated these people who are already in mental despair, and we isolated them even more. So at what price did we protect them from the flu when they ended up taking their life? This is what Jesus is talking about. You got your Sabbath law, but it's more important for the human need that I'm going to heal you on the Sabbath, because the human need is greater than some law. This is what Jesus is telling us. And so we have to open our hearts to that. You know, people flock to Jesus as in they recognized him as somebody who could do things, but Jesus prayed. He just didn't go out, even as he's God, he needed prayer, and so do we. Um, you, know, this is, you know, this is very important. And then finally, you know, Jesus knew um, that not to take prayer too far because you know, um, sometimes it can get in the way of our service to humans, to each other, to our neighbor. Uh, yes, prayer is important, but if somebody comes to you, even though you're in the midst of your rosary and they're in dire need, the church teaches we're supposed to go to them. You know, Jesus heals here um, to show that, that we have to go serve others, not just so that we can live in comfort. Why would he heal you? He heals you so that you can go serve. You know, I, I think of my mom and dad. Yeah, you, you know, some of you know the story. My mom was uh, in a very dire situation, and she had basically a miraculous healing. At the exact same time, my dad's health went way down, and he was in danger of dying. And then my mom ended up, ironically, serving my dad. So it's almost like God is giving this healing, not just so we can, you know, enjoy recreation. He gives us the healing so we can go serve. 
And so if you are going to ask for healing, you've got to take with that the responsibility that you're going to do something with it. You know, um, some of you have been, and thank you for the prayers. Many of you have been praying for me. I went on Friday. Um, they had to cut out polyps in, in my colon, uh, precancerous polyps, and I'm on blood thinners. So the internal medicine doctor said, you got to come off your blood thinners or we can't cut these out. You're going to bleed to death. So I went back to the cardiologist, and the cardiologist said, you can't come off your blood thinners even for a couple days. You'll die. And I'm like, you guys got to talk to each other. I, I mean, I'll do whatever you tell me, but, but you got to talk to each other because I don't know what to do here. You know, if I go off the blood thinners, um, my heart and my, my um, uh, blood clots are going to get me. And if I... If I, if I don't, then the polyps, the precancerous polyps are going to get me. I just trust God. But I know this. I feel great. I, and they told me that you're supposed to be on bed rest. I came back within a few hours, and, and, and I felt great. I know God is giving me that grace. Why? Because I have a service. I have a service to, to you. I have a service to our Marian helpers. I have a service to the community. I have a service to the people here at the shrine. I have a service uh, to, to, to serve. And, and one of the things Jesus said that he came was not to heal. I don't have the gift of healing. I, that's a gift I do not have. I do not have that gift. Some priests have that gift. Other priests have other gifts. I don't have a gift of healing. But I, I feel God has given me the gift to teach so that you can know your faith. And then you can love your faith. And what does Jesus say here? I didn't come. I says, I came, the purpose of Jesus' mission really wasn't to heal, it was to preach. And Jesus says here, the purpose, this is the gospel today. The purpose for which I came, he says, I'm sorry, he told them, let us go on to nearby villages that I may preach there also. For this purpose, I have come. And that's how I look at it. God, I think, is keeping me healthy right now so that we can teach the faith, so that we can preach the teach the faith, so that you can't love what you don't know, and we are so poorly catechized. I didn't realize till I got to seminary how poorly catechized I was. I mean, I, I had no idea till I got to seminary how much I didn't know, and that's why I felt a personal mission to bring that to you, that you can not have to pay the college tuition or sit in classes, but that I can bring it to you as best as I can. And, I, and sometimes I make a mistake. Um, in fact, they just said there was a priest yesterday that said at a big mission in California that I'm a heretic. And this is a priest that said, Father Chris Alar is a heretic. Well, first of all, do you know the definition of heresy? It is that you have to know what the church teaches. Now, it's not just like making a mistake. I'm sure I've made mistakes. And it's not even disagreeing with a church document. That's not heresy. Heresy is taking the divine revealed word of God, the incarnation, the immaculate conception, and saying it is not true. That's the definition of heresy. So I don't know where I'm guilty of being a heretic. But all I know is you, and I'm sure it's probably some misunderstanding somewhere, but what we have to do is learn our faith. And if you start with the revealed word of God and you agree with it, you can't be a heretic. 
unless you preach publicly against the revealed word of God, that Jesus resurrected from the dead, that God, the second person of the Trinity, became incarnate. If I'm going to sit up here and deny that, then I am a heretic. But otherwise, no. Otherwise, we trust the revealed word of God. And the reason that he heals us, or a reason, is so that we can preach this. And that's one of the reasons I feel God has kept me healthy, at least for the most part, is to go out and preach this word. That's the reason I feel he called me to the priesthood. And so with this word, the beautiful gift that God gives us, just look at how they connect. The first reading about suffering uh, from the book of Job. Then uh, what's the responsorial song? The Lord heals the brokenhearted, right? And then he gets into the second reading, and he talks about, um, he says that I must preach the gospel. That's what I just said. The reason Jesus said he came was to preach. So we have healing and preaching. Why did God heal me? I believe to preach. And so praise be to God. We ask for your prayers. Know you're always in ours. We pray for your healing every morning. Every morning, I pray for our Marian helpers. Lord, for all those who ask us for prayers, all those we've promised to pray for, and all those we are obligated for, to pray for. For your health, intentions, peace, well-being, conversion, and salvation. I pray for that every day. And so, please, continue to, to be with us in this mission, and, and in this mission of bringing these gospel readings to light. I hope what I've explained here makes some sense, because I remember sitting in seminary saying, wow, I didn't know this. And so hopefully I can help bring that to you. And hopefully, praise be to God, he'll allow me to keep doing it. But if he doesn't, and doesn't heal me, and allows me to be a suffering servant, that, that's even greater glory to God. So we accept whatever his will is for us. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Hello, I'm Father Thaddeus Langton of the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception, and I'm excited to let you know about my new podcast with Father Timothy Childers called Keeping It Marian. To access the podcast, simply visit divinemercyplus.org or search Keeping It Marian on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or on whatever podcast platform you prefer. I want to share with you the riches of the charism of the Marian Fathers, which is the mystery of the Immaculate Conception, how it touches our lives as consecrated priests and religious, and how this mystery can bear fruit in your life, especially by keeping the Word of God and pondering it in our hearts in imitation of our Blessed Mother. I hope you'll join us. Again, it's called Keeping It Marian. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org Are you a Marian helper? 
Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.